This hour sponsored by Addo, the power behind the storage. is NAB Show Live. Production, so I was involved oh, in okay. that. Okay, good. Then Fox Sports, Fox News. Okay. Good afternoon and welcome to NAB Show Live, produced by Broadcast Beat. Today we're here to talk about 5G. What it is, when it will be, or where it is now. But we have some great panelists, so I'd like to introduce you to them. On the far right uh, is Jim DeFilippis. He happens to be the chair of Simpty Hollywood and is also CEO of TMS Consulting. And in the middle seat is Tim Stevens, who's global leader of vertical marketing for Verizon. And right next to me is Steve Lampin, who's an independent consultant. So first, I'd just like to get a little bit of background on each of you and just tell me about where, where you're at in this industry. So Jim, we'll start with you. Start with me, okay. Um, I have been in the industry for many, many moons, as the chief says. <laughs> and I have been mostly in television, um, starting with ABC Television in New York and um, was involved in the the testing and evaluation of the first HD systems, what we're now calling ATSC 1.0. Um, and I'm involved in ATSC 3.0, so nice continuity there. And yes, Steve, I actually implemented 2.5. I was so worried. <laughs> um, but I spent uh, 15 years at Fox, uh, basically helping with the transition to HD, and then going beyond that, looking at mobile, looking at various uh, encoding, MPEG-2, MPEG-4, um, and then in 2012, I kind of struck out on my own, um, tried, to, tried to start up a business that I called InVenue TV, which was very similar to 5G. It was broadcasting to a lot of people in a stadium, but I was using conventional um, broadcast technology, uh, DVB-T, and uh, it worked very well, um, but I just didn't, couldn't get enough uh, traction because it wasn't uh, IP and it wasn't um, 3G or 4G. So, um, but still, it was a kind of exciting time to try to start it. And then along the way, uh, consulting with various um, manufacturers, uh, broadcasters, um, and as you mentioned, I'm also the chair of the Simpty Hollywood section. Great, thank you. And uh, Tim. Yeah, great. Um, but now I know where to go when I need any technical. There you go. <laughs> um, oh, wait, let me get my card. Yeah, yeah give me a little uh, bit so later. So actually, I spent 25 years in the industry, media and entertainment, most of it at Viacom and MTV Networks. So I ran uh, MTV Networks and Showtime's broadcast operation for a period of time. And uh, actually, during some of those trial and you know, all the all the changes that were going on, which you know, it's it's an evolution and it continues to go on, and that's that's a, that's the great thing about it. Um, and then went on to New Line Cinema, so got involved in the, the movie business and distribution, et cetera. And uh, now here with Verizon, really trying to apply some of that uh, industry knowledge in terms of how we leverage the, uh, the 5G infrastructure and the assets to really change the way storytelling will be done. Wow. And Steve? 
Uh, I started out thinking I was going to be a radio guy and was chief engineer of a lot of radio stations uh -huh. in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I took a side trip into the film industry for a while where I did editing and sound, and, uh, but then I got lured into manufacturing for Belden, which is the largest manufacturer of wire and cable, and spent 26 years, my last 26 years at Belden until I retired a year ago. And now I'm a consultant for Belden and other companies as well. But uh, here's a wire guy talking about wireless. <laughs> you know, and, I love and it. That, that's very clearly where everybody's headed. So um, I am really, really excited by the, all this new technology. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep talking to you right now. Tell me about your experience with 5G. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a broadcast guy and not a 5G guy. But I have spent this entire week talking with my subject matter experts about 5G and how it's going to impact the broadcast world. And I, I'll tell you, I don't think we have enough time for me to tell you all the things I think could happen. But the one thing that keeps going around in my brain, and maybe I could ask the two gentlemen here, maybe they could answer this question. I am unaware that in any of the 5G specs, if there's something that tells me about the audio and video quality, which is now going to be available because of 5G's greater bandwidth and low latency and a thousand other tools that are going to be available, how is that, can, can I get to broadcast quality audio and broadcast quality video on what is essentially a consumer application? So that's my big question, but, and the reason I'm asking that is because I think 5G has the real chance of being not just a source of video and audio for an audience, mm -hmm. but going the other direction, being the source of information for broadcasters. Uh, for instance, I'm thinking that small market TV stations don't need news departments anymore. They're going to have 100,000 people out there. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, but the point is, it's, uh, this is... Well, you, so you bring up a lot of interesting good points. So, so let's, let's start on your first, your first question. So yeah. From a, a spec perspective, you're, um, and, and we're looking at this now. And Tim, um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to make sure you're talking into the mic. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. Um, so, so from a spec perspective, um, we're looking at under 10 milliseconds in terms of, of endpoint delivery, right? So, which is a dramatic improvement. Which over is a dramatic, dramatic improvement into what you're used to now. Yes. And you know, in, in terms of just, and I'll touch on a little bit of, of our experience. Yes. And, you know what we've been working on. Great. Uh, but we're we're looking at this in, in 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 three kind of very different segments. You know, first is the acquisition or contribution side of the house, which we're going to get to in terms of if you think about live and what that means. And you're right to some extent. I think 5G will give to the rise of of crowdsourcing when we start to think about you know, cameras and camera angles and, and really starting to create a different type of environment for contribution. Um, you know, also a marketplace at some level. So there's certainly that piece of it. And then certainly on the end side of it, from a distribution side, there's a, that broadband technology that's going to enable a lot more content to come into the homes along with a lot of other things. But it's the center of it um, and it's that infrastructure layer that I think is probably the most interesting and um, the, that focus is the same focus that allows us to deliver that IP stream at that under 10 milliseconds, so very low latency, high bandwidth, et cetera. But the other side of it is the multi-axis edge compute, which is MEC as the industry is calling it, right? Will you, will you repeat that one more time? Yeah, it's yeah. right multi-axis edge compute. 
Um, yeah, so, so one of the things that that will allow, and if you think about especially a traditional broadcaster, the opportunity now to put um, machine learning, artificial intelligence, compute, multiple variable, variables right at the edge, so you can almost envision an opportunity, and if we think about sports as an example, where I could theoretically set up a 5G camera, um, I could have it do um, uh, art, using artificial intelligence, facial recognition, um, follow, do whatever, really do all the things that I might need a live cameraman to do. Absolutely. And, and use the near edge compute to process all of that information and only ship out the stream that's relative to my production. So it's those little pieces inside that workflow that really are going to make a difference. Now, do you think I'll ever get a spec sheet for the audio and video quality? No, or? we're not, we're not going to <laughs> All right. Jim, well. would you like to comment I, I on that? I think that, that uh, first of all, uh, there was a, I think it was a year ago, they did the Shinnecock Hills mm -hmm. as yep. a trial. I, yep. I think it was with the other guys, but nonetheless, they put a 5G uh, cell on the golf course and they were doing uncompressed UHD, yeah. Steve, uh, with a mobile camera. So it can be done, the technology's there to do it. But obviously this is the classic problem of a common resource, right? It's like the highways. In LA, at two in the morning, the highway system works fantastically for the most part. Of course. The rest of the time, not so much, right? So. I think that, and you know, broadcasters today are using wireless technologies like 3G and 4G to do news gathering. Right. 5G should be much better, right. right? Once it's fully rolled, and actually, in our, uh, you know, we had a um, HPA ran a, a, a luncheon at the first. The net luncheon. The net luncheon, and they, uh, one of the things that came up there was a guy from Warner Brothers talking about remote production. He's not talking news and live. Mm -hmm. They're talking about mm -hmm. their own location. Mm -hmm. But the ability to maybe connect up with the crew and be able to stream video back, and likewise stream video out, uh, pictures and sound, yeah. um, is very enticing for them. But again, it's a shared resource, um, and there's a lot of other um, potential applications that are going to be using, competing for that bandwidth. So, so, and so let's talk about that, you know, just, just briefly. So one of, the, one of the underlying capabilities and characteristics of 5G is, is network splicing. So there is actually a design criteria that, and of, and of course you're going to have to, and, and you're right, today when you're using a, a bonded cellular approach, right, you're competing with, you know, every, um, you know, editorial person mm -hmm. who's out in the field who's right. trying to capture that next Instagram moment. But the reality is, is that with network splicing, I can actually configure and dedicate a, a slice of that, of that right. network, and I, and I can put in the right characteristics. So if I've got a channel that I'm just using for communication back to crew, great. I can do that in a higher latency. I don't really need thick broadband bandwidth to, to execute. Right. But if I want to capture that stream and I don't want to compete, I can, I can prioritize it and separate it completely. And you know, on, and on top of that, we're trying to, you know, we're, when we're looking at all those design criteria, and, and where it really becomes important is obviously in news gathering, and certainly when you talk about first responders, right? But that, that is part of the baseband architecture. The, the uh, Shinnecock Hills event that you talked about, and you're absolutely right, it works, which is all that everybody wanted to prove, that there, there wasn't a challenge with the technology. 
Now it's how do you implement it. Mm -hmm. When you're doing a live, and golf is the worst, right? When you're doing a live <laughs> event, I mean, it's great to watch. I I'm but, sorry for all those go golf yeah, events. Yeah, why, why, why? Golf is wonderful. So let me take, but golf is wonderful, but you know from a production environment specifically, um, we are talking a cabling infrastructure that is hard none to execute. And, and, and it's not like you're walking into an arena where you know where all the placement needs to be and, and how to work around it. Every golf course, of course, because of, that's the way the game is played, has its unique characteristics. And it, it is a challenge. So right. anything that you can do to create that mobile environment for capture is, is really a plus. Steve, you, do you feel better? Do you have your answers? Sort of. I mean, I'm, <laughs> we're moving in this direction. That, that's the thing, it's this new technology. And so I think one of my favorite quotes is, men plan and God laughs. <laughs> okay? And, and I think this is happening here too, and that, that we're missing some giant elephant in the room that's going to happen, either good or bad, and maybe good, you know, and it's just we're so stupid we can't see uh, the obvious uh, advantages that are going to come out well, of this. But, but my question would be back uh, to Tim. So does this need to be pre-planned? I mean, uh, we, we should emphasize that one of the advantages you asked about quality is lower latency, because mm -hmm. I'm close to the cell tower. Absolutely. That's all good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, the question is, does this have to be something that's pre-arranged? Which is fine. There are many occasions when we know we know when the golf event's going to have. You, you spin those up all the time. Right. right. We know that. Right. But, use. You know yep. when there's when there's a five alarm fire downtown at midnight. Mm -hmm. You know, will the broadcaster be able to? Well, what what would they do? Would they? They're not going to call anybody because that seems to be a, a past thing. No, but there'll be a hundred people in the neighborhood who'll be pulling their phones out. That's right. right. That's Absolutely. right. I'm saying. The, talk about local, you want yeah. local content? Absolutely. You're going to have more local content than you could possibly stream. Right, but I still want to send my news crew, right. which will probably be down yeah, to... Yeah, but they're going to come afterwards, so... Right, correct, know? correct. But, but when I get them there, I want to make sure they have access to this, you know, if I oh, call it sure. the HOV lane, is that fair? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, well so let, well, I mean, let's touch on a couple of things. You know, so recognize that 4G is not going away. Absolutely. Right? So the folks that will be parked on, on that layer, right, where they are going to be competing, are still going to be parked on that layer, right? So I need to have that 5G device in order to be competing, right? So that, that's first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, okay. though, we know, because we are talking to broadcasters, we know how important sports is. We know how more important news is. News, in some cases, especially when it's that downtown fire, does become almost a first responder issue. We don't want you going downtown because of X, right? Yes, correct. Right, so that's, that's the one piece. And look, we, there's an architecture here that we're designing. Now, it, will a broadcaster, will one of the big broadcasters decide, I want to make sure that I ensure that bandwidth regardless, because we can't plan these events, right? Um, yeah, that's an opportunity. Is it a okay. premium? Yes. Um, but is that valuable when you talk about that? And by the way, I'm, I don't have any pricing specs or anything. Like no, that, no, no, but, no. But is that valuable in terms of you know when you where you really you know you straddle that line between first responder assistance and getting the right news out so that you can really contribute to that marketplace? Right. But you've touched on a really interesting point I hadn't thought about till now, and that is 
in the ATSC 3.0, mm -hmm. they've, they've worked really hard to come up with something called AWARN, Advanced uh, Alert and Warning mm -hmm. for the public. Is there something equivalent to that in the 5G world where you're going to be able to get more detailed information? It's not just like there's a fire downtown, but you know these are the these are the streets that are crossed off. Here's some video that we can show you. Um, do you think that's going to evolve in 5G? Because yeah, that's where the value of, of communication really is: is helping people yep. right. survive, yep. live their life. So, so think about. I thought um, I was watching YouTube cat videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Well, that's number two. Okay, right? number yeah. two. Number one is survive. Survive. YouTube cat. Yes. Well, you want to survive so you can watch more YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, no, so, so I mean, when you when you think about, I mean, and we look at the ATSC 3.0, and we look at what's happening in the marketplace, and we are actually very excited. Uh, because we think, you know, migrating to a native IP stack in terms of delivery mm -hmm. is the right thing to do. It's a challenge inside the industry. We've always had these bifurcated workflows where you're doing traditional broadcast and then you're handing it off to the digital guy, and those guys don't don't don't, don't always talk, right? Right. And now you got to, you know, you got and you go to an IP stack and you got the IT guys are going, are you dealing with IP sec? And they're like, mm -hmm. what is that? You know. So there's all these right. conversations that are happening. But, and, and, it's a, and it's a good place, you know, obviously to be, right? But the one thing that, you know, we, and we don't talk a lot about it in this space, is the, is the immense amount of IoT that'll happen. So lower latency devices that'll be sitting on that network. So when you think about, you know, those types of machine transactions that could trigger, mm -hmm. don't come down, down, let's redirect traffic, let's create another environment. When you think about smart city and that opportunity, Yes, you could certainly peel some of that off to start to, to really activate what would be an emergency situation. Now, a lot of this has got to be in concert with that smart city type of approach of planning, right? right. So this is not, hey, we're going to build it and it's going to be there. This is, this is a cooperative effort between not only the broadcasters and not only the, the community but and the first responders, but everybody that are involved in creating this new kind of ecosystem, this new environment. So, so Tim, that's an interesting point. I'd like to pick up something I was thinking about. And that is, so if I understood right, like there's this fire downtown mm -hmm. and we're going to have like intelligent traffic lights. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be able to start to redirect traffic. But that raises the question of security. We don't want someone hacking in and suddenly causing traffic jams or worse accidents. So can you tell us, you know, what, where, where are we in 5G and how do we make sure it's secure? And, and I mean, obviously anything can be hacked, but what, what are the thoughts about security in 5G? Yeah, and, and I, I can't quote for you the exact kind of security spec that's sitting out there. I'm, mm -hmm. I, obviously, the next time I do this, I'm going to bring spec sheets with me. <laughs> that way, Please don't. I, I, that's I, that's what I, I wanted. There's tons yeah. of them in the hall. We don't need right in, the, right in the middle of this. Because yeah, it was funny, they were, they were telling me, I, I don't know what they're going to ask you, but you know, here's a couple, okay, we'll, we'll just go with it. Um, it. It is actually, by design, the one of the most secure networks that will be out there. And it was built very specifically that mm -hmm. way, right? Um, listen, we know that whether it's a, um, you know, it's a, a state funded or uh, by, by, you know, just by happenstance, right. um, or it's malicious, people do like to wreak havoc. But we're talking about, um, when you talk about smart city, everything that I've seen that we've worked on and are deploying, that layer Emergency response, smart city, tightest, most 
you know, most efficient, highly controlled, just because of that reason. It is the, you know, the kind of the lifeblood, right? We want to make sure. When do you, when do you expect this smart city to act, be, be in actuality? Well, smart, you know, smart city is a concept, and we are starting to see it. And a lot of times, if you have newer planned communities, it's the time to start put laying that infrastructure. Um, where you can do the kind of the intelligent video, you can do more of the security stuff, you can do the intelligent, you know, traffic lights, you can do, you can make smart garbage cans, right? You know, at the end of the day, you know. Refrigerators. But, well, yeah, I, I got to tell you, it was, you know, the first application we saw on it, and we probably saw it four or five years ago, uh, this was a way of understanding when that can was full, and uh, that way, you know, you didn't have a truck going around and picking up all these, you know, so it, it was a way of utility, you know, building more utility mm -hmm. um, into, you know, the, the community and, and how we work. But, so we were seeing it deployed in newer communities, right? Um, but going into over, you know, older communities where you've got an infrastructure and investment that needs to be made, it's a, it's a little bit more of a challenge. You, know, you almost have to be timed just right. There's an end of life going on somewhere that that investment makes sense. So obviously you're going to build that foundation mm -hmm. slowly, but what do you do with, with large cities such as Los Angeles and New York and Chicago that are, are pretty, you know, long in the tooth, shall we say? Well, you know, oddly enough, those are the cities that embrace it the quickest, right? Because they have the highest amount of, of, of cost efficiency that they can fold into it. Um, and that becomes a different kind of a partnership. Um, as you look at what's going on across, you know, and I'd say the, you know, from a millennial, I, I, I don't like to use that word a lot. Uh, because the reality is that millennials may have started these consumption habits, but we've all adopted them very quickly. Um, and so that becomes table stakes, but there's an urbanization that's going on in those communities. Folks are moving back into large cities, right? And so what ends up happening is the cities and the city planners recognize that, you know, public Wi-Fi, all the other amenities that these urbanized, you know, individuals want are part of the value prop that they want to deliver in these communities. So they embrace bringing in that infrastructure. And yes, it's costly, but it gives us also an opportunity to, to start to add different layers of services on top of it. So that actually works pretty well. It's, it, it, it's, it's kind of that middle layer, as it always is, always is, right? Where you have to have some, there's some, some constraints in his investment strategies. Steve, and, I think I interrupted you. I'm sorry, You, you did, and, and yeah. I keep thinking this one thought, which is, with all this incredible technology and potential that we have, this thing will actually also allow you to make a telephone call. <laughs> okay. That's, that is true. I think even a fax. And a and, fax. And see, no. And fax? we're full circle to the technology. You know that we've had 150 years of this technology. Right. Right. And, and to some extent, we've almost lost track of where we came from and why this existed in the first place. Yeah. True. Not that I'm saying any of this is bad. I think this is fantastic. Well, you know, I get it's really just, excited when I'm Who I'm could at, possibly I, have foreseen this? Right, you know? I recently, I can't remember where it was, but I actually saw a real phone booth and a pay phone, <laughs> and it had dial tone. And you ask somebody under a certain age, what, what is, yeah. is dial tone? They won't have any idea. No, no, kids. Why do you no pick it up before that. you die? Yeah, what you got to do with that? You got you to put a rotary but, phone in but, front but of But I like the circle back you said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, I have to just tell you, we only have a few minutes left, so yeah. I, I, I'm going okay, to... You've, you you've been fabulous. Go well, you're running the meeting. No, no, no. I just wonder if you have any closing comments or what you wanted to discuss, Jim. No, I was just going to follow up. I mean, it's interesting to talk about urbanization, but 
there, what's the strategy for rural areas? I mean, certainly they would like the benefits of 5G. Great question. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that is a challenge. I mean, um, we know all rural and even frontier communities, you know, and listen, even the distribution today of television, in some cases, is a challenge to those communities. Internet. Not for broadcast TV. Well, broadcast TV because you're using, you know, satellite distribution as that, or, or even over the air, even over the air. Right, over the air. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we are, you know, as, as focused in on delivering that as we can be, there's a, but there's a, there's a practical, you know, approach to whether or not you can get to all those rural communities. You know, I personally, and this is completely, you know, my view on it, you know, so this is not Verizon at all. Um, I, I think, you know, if you look at what's happening in, as an example in Germany, Germany has adopted a model right now where they look at the internet as a utility and there is a minimum requirement for all citizens to have access to, right? It is a government funded approach mm -hmm. to delivery. I think once we get to that point, and I think you're going to see that across pan Europe, that we, we get that type of approach going on, that that's where you start to make that investment into, into those communities. Awesome. Steve, do you have any closing words? Uh, I do. Oh, wait, wait, I, gotta, I, I have to have a closing remark. I was answering his question. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I, I just want to make sure, I mean, we talked a lot about the tech and broadcast, but I do want to make sure that people, you know, really focus in on 5G is actually a new medium at some level for storytelling. And so today, you know, in fact, I did something earlier today. I did one of the panels actually uh, yesterday. And we were talking about things like printing press, how that changed storytelling, TV, radio, yeah, how it changed yeah, storytelling. Sure. I think as I, you know, I spent the, uh, last week, two weeks ago, I was out in, in Hollywood and I was talking to some friends and we were going through like, what are they thinking about in terms of immersive experience, new content types, all of these other things. That, especially in this industry, is the real exciting part because I think we're going to see different ways to tell stories. Wonderful, thank you. And my parting comments are, in the same vein, I look at India and what the cell phone did to India, where they had virtually no phones of any kind, and suddenly they leapfrogged into this modern world, and I think we are the current India, mm. about to leapfrog into a new world, and just like they could not possibly have foreseen what was going to happen, we can't either. So I think in 10 years when we come back, we'll say, oh my God, did you see what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're gonna have to leapfrog out of here. Okay. All right. You guys have been fantastic. I cannot thank you enough. And we're going to have to close. So good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for watching NAV Show Live, produced by Broadcast Beat. Have a wonderful afternoon.